the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Four Wednesday hump day, but it's kind of like a cheating hump day because most people had off on Monday. Not us. We were here broadcasting live and local. And as I try to say all the time, there's nothing pre-recorded here that you're going to hear out of my mouth. But just to give you, or give me, I guess, a little bit of credibility that I kind of know what I'm talking about. At the end of yesterday's show, I, I, I reluctantly, at the urging of a friend, read a report that uh, there was a, a dispute between Supreme Court Justice Gorsuch and Supreme Court Justice Sotomayor about who was wearing masks and who wasn't wearing masks. And the report was from NPR. You could draw your own conclusions about what side of the aisle NPR was on. But they uh, that report was that Justice Neil Gorsuch, who took Justice Scalia's seat, um, was refusing to wear a mask even though... Chief Justice Roberts allegedly asked everyone to wear a mask and he refused to do so. Uh, And it was specifically targeting Justice Sotomayor, who is a type one diabetic, which makes you more prone to getting very sick or even dying if you contract the coronavirus COVID-19. And I said yesterday, I go, I don't know. This just doesn't seem true. This doesn't ring true. I kind of know what goes on in the Supreme Court behind the scenes. I know what they're like socially. And it just, I, I read the report because it was blasted all over the internet. However, however, again, just so my, you know, a lot of people who are listening are my friends and family, et cetera, et cetera. But there are a lot of new people who don't know me. And they don't know, am I really accurate in the things that I say and my, so some type of predictions and sure enough January 19th on Reuters the Supreme Court on Wednesday issued an unusual joint statement from Justice Sotomayor and Justice Neil Gorsuch denying a rift between them over wearing a face mask during oral arguments to protect against COVID-19 quote then this is the statement Reporting that Justice Sotomayor asked Justice Gorsuch to wear a mask surprised us. It is false, Sotomayor and Gorsuch said in the joint statement that was provided by the court personnel. So this is official. While we may sometimes disagree about the law, we are warm colleagues and friends. Okay, so and that's what I know and that's what I've experienced, et cetera, et cetera. 
And I, I think I also said yesterday that I would be surprised if the Chief Justice Roberts did not issue a statement. And sure enough, quote from the official statement from Justice Roberts, I did not request Justice Gorsuch or any other justice to wear a mask on the bench. So, again, folks, maybe I know a little bit about what I'm t- of what I speak. I'm 54. I think the first time I went to the Supreme Court as a guest of Justice Scalia, I believe I was 25. Yes, because I was already a lawyer. Um, so I was 25 years old. I became a lawyer. I was I came 25 on December the first, and I be, got sworn in as a lawyer on December the second. Um, I just know that they might not be best friends, and I you know I used to know who was close with whom of the justices and there was a card game uh, that they used to play and certain justices played and other justices didn't and even though they may personally not be too thrilled with each other and there are plenty of books about this um, they're always very 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 respectful of each other and as I mentioned yesterday they're very respectful of the chief justice so what's the lesson here be careful what you read, be careful what's reported, and no matter how many times my friend yesterday is like, you have to read this, you have to report this, I kept saying, this doesn't seem right. You know, just, just from what I know in, in all these years, this doesn't seem right, and I'm very happy that I was correct. Um, I, I, I do want to make a, a positive statement about a horrible thing. Um, Miss Go, who was the woman who was pushed in front of the train by the deranged man, I was happy to see was the cover of one of the newspapers today that there was a massive vigil for her yesterday, which it's, it's a beautiful thing to acknowledge her loss of life and to bring uh, mu- as much attention to this issue as possible. And what's the real issue? Okay, yes, it falls under the umbrella of crime, but it targets the issue of mental illness. Now, where is this defendant right now? Well, he's not in Rikers Island. He's not in 100 Center Street or the tombs where they hold people pending a court appearance. He's in the hospital, and he's in the hospital for evaluation. He's going to be arraigned. Now, arraignment is the first appearance before a judge where you are told what you are charged with. So he's going to be arraigned. He's maybe... It was either today or first thing in the morning. And a hospital arraignment is a little bit of a, well, it's so funny. It used to be a little bit of a technological um, hassle. Now, since the COVID, we we all know how to function remotely. So that is what, what is going to happen. But let's just tackle the issue of mental illness and what we can do with people who are clearly on the street and clearly are just, they're not with it. They just don't have the mental capacity to know right from wrong, uh, to just to handle their own affairs, to handle their own bodily functions, sadly. I'm not speaking of homeless people who are down in their luck and have nowhere to live and they're struggling to eat and, and seek shelter. I'm talking about people who, when you fall in a skiing accident and you break your leg, when you fall off the swing in the playground and you break your arm, these are people whose brains have been broken. And if you think that can't happen, you're wrong. You're wrong. Your brain can break um, for, for a variety of reasons and a variety of circumstances, whether it be hereditary or things that have happened to you in your life that cause post-traumatic stress disorder, et cetera, et cetera. So right now, 
Do you guys remember Kendra's Law? Kendra's Law, Kendra was a young woman who was killed. And there was some legislation that was put into place where someone can be held for 72 hours if, if, uh, after they're brought in, a doctor determines that they could be a a, uh, threat to their own well-being or that of another. But they can only be held longer than that if a doctor is then willing to sign a document saying that he or she, that doctor, believes that he continues to be a, a, har- a harmful, potentially harmful to him or herself or another. And the doctors just don't want to put their neck on the line. Now you're violating people's civil rights and there could be lawsuits, et cetera, et cetera. And everyone obviously is looking to Eric Adams and they're looking to the NYPD. But one of the things that Eric Adams ran on was that the NYPD is supposed to be solving crime and criminals, not mental illness on the streets of New York, not homelessness on the streets of New York. And I'm, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse, but we're 18 days in. You know, we need to let him get his plan into place. And one of his plans is to get some social workers and people who are trained to deal with people who are mentally ill out on the street and to approach them and deal with them appropriately. If there's need at that point for police intervention, they should come in. But here's here's what we really what really needs to happen. And Governor Hochul, who's up there and you have all these candidates now, Tom Swazi and Rob Astorino and Giuliani, the younger, all running for governor, you have to get New York state legislation passed that gives, whether it's law enforcement or if you want to create a new bureau of mental illness police, so to speak, to have more authority to say, you know what, it's not good enough. What Kendra's law does is people going into outpatient treatment programs and they're getting medicated and let's see what happens. There are certain cases based on evaluation where people who cannot handle their own affairs are not incarcerated necessarily in a jail. And I'm not talking about people who have already committed a crime. We're trying to stop the crimes from happening. But if they are clearly people who are mentally ill on the street, and let's face it, let's use common sense. It is very obvious. My office is in Midtown. I'm in between Times Square, Rockefeller Center, Grand Central Terminal. I see plenty of mentally ill people. You don't need to be a doctor to be able to identify it. The New York State Senate should pass, or the New York State Assembly and Senate should pass some sort of a law based on experts, based on doc, medical experts, based on the data, where if someone is clearly needed, needs help, we give them help. And it may be by force. And I know there's a lot of people, oh, how, do you, how are you violating their civil rights? How are you letting them suffer like that? If the guy was there with a broken leg, with a compound fracture, with a bone hanging out of his leg, and he's bleeding out, and he says, no, 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 I don't want help. Are, are we really not going to help? Are we really going to tell the, the EMS people, oh, no, well, he doesn't want help. We're just going to let him bleed out. He, his femur is, is, is severed, but he says he doesn't want help. Would we do that? As, as a society, as New Yorkers, of course not. We would help the person. Well, there are people out there that are so obviously broken. They're broken. And I am not making any any uh, excuses for the guy who pushed Ms. Go in any way, shape, or form. I'm talking about how do we prevent it from happening again? I ride the subways. Uh, so many people around me ride the subways. But forget about the subways. It's just in the street. Just in the street. It's It's scary. It's scary. But, you know, okay, let's lock them up and put them in Rikers Island. Okay, we lock them up in Rikers Island and they're out in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. You know, with the bail reform, without the bail reform, they come out just to do it again. That's not solving an issue. 
all that's doing is putting a little a little bandaid on the issue. So there are some problems, there are some issues that the local government, meaning the city government, needs some help from the state government. And when we come back after these messages, we'll talk about some of the things that are in the state budget that are coming out. And we can have a little conversation about whether these are good things or bad things. But in this particular case, I'm pushing for legislation to give us more authority to help the mentally ill. We will be back right after these messages. Connors and Sullivan, the go-to law firm in the city of New York to help protect you, but more importantly, to protect your family when you are no longer here to make the decisions as to what happens to your assets and what happens really to your money, your house, et cetera, et cetera. And also to have them help plan so that if you get sick, if you need um, constant medical care, your entire, whatever you have, whatever your wealth is, whether it's little, medium, large, it doesn't just disappear on you. The goal of Connors and Sullivan is to protect you, protect your rights, your interests, and really your heirs. They have been planning estates and protecting families for over 40 years. Visit them for no obligation, free consultation. The biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Call Connors and Sullivan today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. desire desire if you have a desire to get a new car you have to trust me on this folks there's nowhere to go if you just want no pushiness no aggressiveness if you want to buy a mitsubishi if you want to buy a new car you go to platinum mitsubishi in freehold new jersey you go on their website mitsubishi dash no platinum dash mitsubishi.com platinum dash mitsubishi.com you can see their current inventory, but here's what I really love about Mike Esposito and Angelo. I, in the past, for my sister, my niece, who, who's going to college, we had a budget. We had the type of car in mind. We just spoke to Angelo, and in 48 hours, there was that car pulled up to the front door, all spick and span. They do their 100-point inspection to make sure that the car is fine. And you know what? In one case, my nephew Joe... He, he didn't really like it. He picked it out. He wanted it. And they brought it right back, swapped it out, and he got something new. The guys at Mitsubishi were so nice yesterday. I don't know if anyone noticed. They told me I could blow all the commercials <laughs> so I could spend more time with Megan Kelly. So thank you, gentlemen. So now somebody, pick up your pen, pick up your pencil, platinum-mitsubishi.com. That's the best way to do it. Because if you call them, you don't know what they have. I know they got 12 new trucks yesterday or because i spoke to them, the big one the outlander guess what i live in a pretty nice neighborhood in brooklyn new york my neighbor is pretty well to do guess what was parked in his driveway yesterday a brand new mitsubishi outlander suv this guy can afford any car he wants and that's what he got so you know 
Henry can't be so can't be so far off. He's a smart dude. So if he chose a Mitsubishi, you should seriously consider it for you or your family. Let's talk about what's going on in New York State. Since I just asked about state legislation to help the issue that we have with mental illness, let's talk about what Governor Hochul talked about in her budget, which, you know, she's got a lot of money now because of Biden's plan that they, they gave all this money to uh, regarding infrastructure. So they have some money to throw around. And take a guess, one of the things that she is proposing that I've been kind of harping about, what is this going to hold for our future? And it's gambling, right? Now, I didn't highlight it in the newspapers. The newspapers decided to highlight it, that this was one of her main uh, goals in 2022, was to... Uh, approve the opening of three new casinos in New York State. There are they are currently four. They want to open three more. They they said that if they open three more casinos, and it wasn't clear whether this would be the total of all seven casinos or just the three new ones. They're talking about potentially two billion dollars in revenue, which sounds great, and it's a creation of jobs, and it can improve neighborhoods and areas. Again, what what I fear is making gambling so accessible and making it so uh, such an intricate part of our lives is the effect it's going to have on people who can't handle it, that they're just not cut out for it. And I'm not speaking you know, off the top of my head. I, I believe I told you last week I've, I've had grown men on the other side of my desk, gentlemen who are older than I am, who are hardworking guys, good family men. Good husbands, good fathers, good providers. And they lost that first thousand, and then they bet another thousand or fifteen hundred to try to get back that first thousand, and then now, now they're down twenty five hundred, and now they take five thousand, and now they're trying to chase the money, and then then, then they got that and that's the mortgage money. And now they have a five twenty nine plan for their kids, which is a college savings plan. And now they digging into that to take at the kids' college money to go try to get the seventy five hundred dollars. And now they're down 15000 And now he's sweating. Because I can't, I, I, how am I going to tell my wife we can't pay the mortgage? Or that he doesn't tell his wife he doesn't pay the mortgage. And then the letter comes in. And then another letter. And then another letter. And now they're foreclosing. And now he's in 25000 And where's he going to get the money from? So now he goes out on the street. And he borrows it from a loan shark who's charging exorbitant interest on, on a weekly basis. I, again, I, I know that's, that's a very small percentage of the of the people who wager, it's a small percentage today, on you know January nineteenth of twenty twenty two, where gambling is a little bit more difficult. Now it's different the next the last ten days because it became easier. But eighty percent of college kids gambling. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But if you read today's newspapers regarding the the budget and Hochul's uh, what what Governor Hochul is putting forth. As two of her priorities, one is opening more casinos and the other one is having more dispensaries and growers of marijuana here in the state of New York. Again, you know, I'm not here to, you know, condemn anyone from having a good time. Um, but just to show you the difference in, in finances, though, they're talking about the casinos in revenue over the course of a year making two billion dollars. They're saying in 2021. I'm sorry, 2022, the income to the state for marijuana would only be $56 million. 
56 million versus 2 billion is dwarfs. And even they said by 2028, the income for uh, the annual income for the state would be 363 million, which is obviously that's a lot of money, but it's nowhere close to 2 billion. So I don't know. I'm going to have to find a couple of experts, one on gambling and one on and the uses of, of uh, marijuana. And look, Again, I sound like I'm a stick in the mud here, and I'm not at all. Um, but, you know, my house in Brooklyn, I live right down the block from a high school. And this morning, I, I dropped my little boy off at 8 o'clock in the morning. I came back home real quick. And as I'm walking to my car, there's a kid at like 8.20 in the morning. He's walking to high school, and he's not, like, taking a hit off a joint. Like, he's smoking a joint like it's a cigarette, like it's a big thing. And now he's walking to school to get educated. I'm no doctor, but I'm going to go on a limb and say that doesn't really work. So it's funny because, you know, we, we went from being like a puritanical society where certain things weren't tolerated and now things are. And now I, I can't really report on it, but I did see something pop up on my phone today that now they're going to allow the restaurants in New York, which was never allowed before, to give takeout drinks. So you could, you know, when you do a takeout order and, you know, I want. You know, give me a salad with chicken on it, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, a margarita with Patron. Look, I'm, again, I'm not saying I'm against that, but I think it's a little ignorant, the fact that I've been in law enforcement, around law enforcement for, it's going to be 30 years now. It's over 30 years now to say, well, we're going to legalize gambling. Well, we're going to legalize marijuana. Well, we're going to make it as easy as you can to get alcohol and think that that's not going to have some effect on crime. I, I hope I'm 100% wrong. I hope I'm 100% wrong. But you have Alvin Bragg. So today's this is editorial in the New York Post going after Alvin Bragg. And uh, he hired a, um, a crisis management firm. He's in office 18 days. He hired a crisis management firm because he's getting so beat up on, on all these different angles. And they spoke about um, all the prosecutors, the senior prosecutors who have left. They highlighted and lauded Joan Aluzzi, who was my adversary in the Harvey Weinstein trial, who we actually got along swimmingly. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes you hear me preach about we should all get along and give peace a chance or whatever. And I don't know what I sound like to all of you. But yesterday or today in the in the mail, Marion and I got a present for our, for our newborn from the prosecutor who I tried a murder case against. I mean, now, you know, regardless of the verdict, regardless of the outcome, and we could talk about that another day, but that's how the system should work. That's kind of how life should work. I mean, we all have different roles, and even though we were adversaries, and believe me, this prosecutor was fantastic, and she did an unbelievable job. I did the best that I could do, and guess what? You know what we did after the day of the summation? Me and my partner and her and actually her husband and the her co-counsel, we all went out and had a drink together. She fought with all the bones and every ounce of her body, as did I, and we went out for her drink together. And now, five years later, I'm getting a, a, a present from her. Um, th- that's how the system should work. Alvin Bragg, you know, you heard what Megyn Kelly said about him last night. He just, he made, he, look, he messed up. He got in there. He messed up. There's no one who could say he, he took office and he's, he's doing a great job. He messed up. He has some good ideas. I, I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't, but he's got some really bad ideas, too. 
you cannot make blanket rules not to enforce laws that you were sworn to enforce. You just can't do it. Sorry. So now he has a top-notch um, a top-notch crisis management firm in the third week in office. He needs help. Um, I, but I, you know what? It's nice to see that people are paying attention. But maybe you should have paid attention when you went to the voting booth. And that's Alvin's. That's actually his defense. He said this day one memo where I said I'm not going to prosecute this and I'm not going to prosecute that. I didn't just I didn't pop up and show that on just January one. I put that out there the whole time I was running. And there were all these other candidates. Liz Crotty was running. She was much more conservative. Tom Kniff ran as a Republican. These are all people I know. These are all excellent lawyers. And, and he's making the point. You could you could have voted for him. And, you know, people make the point. Oh, George Soros, um, you know, uh, bankrolled him. Well, the woman who ran against him, uh, I believe her name was, mm, I don't want to mess up her name. But she was the former chief of the Brooklyn DA's office. She put in $8 million of her own husband's money. So this wasn't a race about money. He was actually outspent. But were people informed enough? Did you read the day one memo? Was it out there? What percentage of people went out to vote? You know, you get what you, you, get, what you, you des- get what you deserve. Wait, is that yeah, yeah, something like that? Um, the bottom line is there's plenty of change that needs to take place in this, in this city. And right after the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk about what we could do to make the city better. We'll be right back. I'm Lou Dobbs. Procter & Gamble has some bad news for consumers. Starbucks pulls the plug on vaccine mandates for its employees and another down day on Wall Street. Those stories next. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has doubled the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now, 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. Consumer products giant Procter & Gamble today reported quarterly sales jumped 6% last quarter, boosting company profits, but P&G noted that more than half of those profits were generated by price increases, which the company expects to continue throughout the year to offset ballooning costs of labor, raw materials, and freight charges caused by the Biden inflation rate. Despite its liberal pro-Biden management, Starbucks today said it's suspending its recent vaccine or test requirement for coffee shop employees. In a memo to its 220,000 employees, Starbucks cited the Supreme Court ruling striking down the Biden vaccine mandate for U.S. businesses. On Wall Street, stocks closed lower again today. The Dow Jones Industrials down 339 points. Please join me three times each weekday for my updates right here on this station. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. 28 degrees for the moment. We have clear skies, but we do have some rain and snow on the way. Details on that in about 90 seconds. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, a teenager accused of killing Barnard student Tessa Majors is being sentenced. Let's get more from Lisa G. Rashawn Weaver is being sentenced to 14 years to life in prison. 
Last month, the 16-year-old, who was 14 years old at the time of the murder, pled guilty to fatally stabbing majors in Morningside Park two years ago. Two other teens who were with him that night have previously pled guilty. Lisa G, NBC News Radio, New York. Thank you, Lisa. New data shows New Jersey residents with COVID booster shots are far better protected when it comes to breakthrough cases. Governor Murphy shared the details. The numbers on booster shots are eye-opening. The rates of infection and hospitalization for those with boosters is more than three times lower than those who only have a primary vaccination. As of today, nearly 6.4 million New Jersey residents have completed a primary vaccine series. Some 2.6 million residents have gotten a booster shot. Governor Phil Murphy is also mandating vaccines for New Jersey health care employees, including booster shots. In an executive order, the governor announced all workers in health care settings and high-risk congregate living facilities must now be up to date on both primary and booster shots with no test-out option. Unvaccinated health care workers have until January 27th to get their first dose and must complete the series by February 28th. For vaccinated workers, the same deadlines apply for booster shots. Taking a look at the traffic in the Bronx, westbound Cross Bronx, the Bronx River Parkway, an accident being cleared. Another crash right in the area of the Deegan. Eastbound were jammed up right out towards the Sheridan. Here is your forecast. For tonight, rain likely overnight, low 33. Rain changes to snow right in the middle of the morning drive tomorrow. Should taper off around noon or so. Could see 1 to 3 inches of snow, falling temperatures in the upper 20s during the day. Sunshine for Friday with a high only 24. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. So, Chris Hassan, who is a, a school teacher for his whole career, <laughs> just sent me an interesting message. Uh, Politicians are all, and he used a not nice word, they think that pot and gambling will bring in revenue, but they don't really care about the consequences, which will cost us much more down the road. It's all about our children. It's terrible. Um, And that's, you know, that's really what we're talking about when we talk about these new move, these new rules and these new laws that are coming into effect and what's, permissible and what's not permissible um this is kind of a, a, an update in terms of what's permissible and what's not permissible that affect many of us who do drive the tragedy the other day of antonina zatuloska 15 year old beautiful young girl coney island brooklyn james madison high school and you know she she gets hit by a bus and dies horrible the driver gets arrested for failure to yield to a pedestrian and failure to use due care. It's a desk appearance ticket. Um, it's very unlikely he's going to go to jail. And I, I looked at the video. I don't think he should be going to jail. This is not an intentional act. Um, not that long ago, this would not have even been a crime. Um, so how did Mayor Adams react? Well, what he did was he, you know... Bill de Blasio put in Vision Zero. That initiative began 10 years ago. And sadly, last year, 2021, was the deadliest years, year for pedestrians it being either injured or or dying. Um, his So we went from Vision, Vision Zero. The new one is called Stop, Let Them Cross. Last year, 122 pedestrians were killed in city intersections. 
122. That's, that's a lot of people. So here's what they are going to do. The new rule goes into effect in New York City today, which requires drivers to stop rather than yield for pedestrians in intersections when traffic controls are not in place. Drivers must remain stopped until such pedestrians cross the roadway. Now, I want to dig a little deeper into that, but like there are a lot of places. I remember, I think I was a teenager. The first time I went to, I believe it was San Francisco to visit my best friend. And like, you know, we're so used to the red light, you know, cross at the green, not in between because you might get dead. Like you always got to follow the walk signs and all that stuff. But I just like stepped out into the the street from the sidewalk and like the cars came to a screeching halt. They automatically stop no matter where you are. If you're in the middle of the block, you're on the corner, you're eighth in the middle of the block. They just stop to any pedestrian no matter where you are. I'm not exactly sure if that's the rule here. It's a little unclear. But um, Eric Adams said that uh, he is going to have strong law enforcement at the intersections, especially those that are responsible for the majority of pedestrian injuries. Um, Quote, we're going to reimagine 1,000 intersections across the city, improve traffic signals, raise crosswalks, and more. Starting today, drivers and cyclists must fully stop, not just yield. Now it says to pedestrians and crosswalks, even at intersections where there's not a traffic signal, traffic light or stop sign. So it sounds like if you're in the middle of the street, the uh, you you don't have to yield if you're a driver. I'll tell you how it is in Italy, and this this I learned. There are a lot of intersections where there's no stop sign and there's no uh, traffic control device, but there are these huge white lines in the crosswalk, and you step on that first white line, and that car's got to come to a screeching stop. And if you don't, the, the, the penalties in Italy are severe. And even in places like Rome and Naples and Palermo, where they drive like crazy people, um, really, like New York, like we're sedate compared to the way they drive. You put that foot on that white crosswalk, they screech to a halt. And I was actually involved in a case, and I believe maybe it was two decades ago, where it was actually a priest who crossed the street, but he was right outside of the crosswalk when he got hit by a car. And because he was not on those white lines, the Italian insurance company did not uh, give him, uh, did not award him any money because he wasn't on the white lines. So there is a new rule. Everyone who drives should know about it. You see a pedestrian, you don't just slow down. You got to come to a stop, let them continue to pass, and then you could go through. I think it's a, a common sense rule. I just hope the police officers aren't using this as another, another revenue stream because, um, Obviously, they'll be making a lot of money doing that. Let's talk a little bit about two cases um, that are real cases that are in the headlines today. Number one, I have some personal involvement with, which is the subpoena issued to Rudy Giuliani and others uh, about first turning over documents and secondarily about coming in to actually testify regarding the events of January 6th. the issue with all of these people, all four, are they're all lawyers, and there are two privileges here. There's the attorney-client privilege that the president of the United States has, or any client has with their lawyer, as long as certain rules are followed. And then, in this particular case, there is the presidential privilege, the executive privilege, which um, 
here it would be President Trump has that when he speaks to an individual, there's a privilege between he and the person he's speaking with, in, in this case, the lawyer Rudy Giuliani. So um, we were scratching our heads today about what to do, and there were some options. We don't know what the op- what, which ones we're going to uh, employ, but we could put in a motion to quash, which is a fancy way of saying going before the judge and saying, Judge, this is a lawyer. You're asking us to violate the attorney-client privilege. He can't do that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to cooperate because we don't have to by law. And then we see what the judge has to say about that. Uh, I can tell you that there are certain lawyers who will go to jail uh, before they reveal things that a um, a client has told them. I remember I was, I was involved in a case once where a judge ordered uh, a lawyer to violate the attorney-client privilege, and the lawyer did violate it. And I was a little surprised that he did because he was a very prestigious lawyer, an excellent lawyer, but under those circumstances, he felt compelled because I guess the judge was going to put him in jail if he didn't. It's a very, very complicated issue. Um, I'm sure we'll be working on this with Mr. Giuliani uh, over the next couple of weeks. It's returnable on they, they want the paperwork by February the 4th. Uh, the main lawyer here whose lead I'm following is Mr. Bob Costello, who is, they don't make him like that anymore. He's a real professional, um, the hard-nosed, down-to-earth, former U.S. attorney, worked with Rudy, just a great lawyer, um, no nonsense. Every once in a while when we're on a conference call, I get to make him laugh, and that's like a big deal. Um, so we'll work on it together with the two judges of my law firm, and we will protect, you know, Rudy Giuliani the best we can. And we will, um, you know, make sure all of his rights are preserved. Because even though he's Rudy Giuliani and even though he was involved in the, the President Trump's campaign, guess what? Everyone is protected under the United States Constitution. If you're a Democrat or a Republican or a liberal or a conservative. And that is what we are here for. Speaking about rights and being protected. This is actually, in my opinion, a little more interesting regarding um because why is it more interesting because the giuliani thing the lawyers who subpoenaed rudy giuliani know that he can't testify so as mr costello said i believe in today's new york times it's just political theater they're just doing it for the show they're just doing it to get clicks on the websites to get their name in the newspaper etc etc so you know it's kind of garbage if you ask me but we'll play we'll we'll do the dance with them even though they're wasting your money it's your paying for these prosecutors. You're paying. This is this is what they're working on. I understand that they have to do an investigation, and I'm not saying they shouldn't do the investigation, but when you know you're doing something where you're not going to get any results, then you shouldn't be doing it just to do it. Or, or there are other ways in a more cost-efficient way to tackle this. In other news here in the, the, the world of the law, New York Attorney General Letitia James Uh, is responding to the motion filed by President Trump and his family and his businesses that they do not want to be questioned regarding uh, her civil investigation. Not a criminal investigation. Letitia James is not looking to put anyone in jail. She's looking to get money back. Uh, The new district attorney, Alvin Bragg, was handed this hot potato from Cy Vance of looking to see if there's any criminal laws that were violated. And you always have the feds kind of hovering around. So there's three branches of government here. The lower branch of government is the district attorney's office. Kind of the middle branch of government is the New York State Attorney General's office. And then the higher branch of government is the federal United States Attorney's office. And 
Here's the odd part. They, there is no civil complaint filed yet against the Trump organization, Mr. President Trump or his family. Specifically, they're looking at his son, Donald Trump Jr., and his daughter, Ivanka. Um, but what, now what they put in the response to Trump's paperwork saying, you're just being, you're just harassing me. This is a witch hunt. You're just targeting me. Now the attorney general is showing her hand. And what she's saying, no, no, we've started our investigation. And there are misleading statements about the value of at least six Trump properties, as well as the Trump brand. The properties included golf clubs in Westchester County and Scotland, flagship buildings such as 40 Wall Street in Manhattan, and Mr. Trump's own penthouse home in Trump Tower. Letitia James highlighted details of how the company inflated the valuations. A hundred here are some examples. $150,000 initiation fees into Mr. Trump's golf club in Westchester that it never collected, but yet it put it down as income. Mansions that had not yet been built on one of his private estates and 20,000 square feet in his Trump Tower triplex that did not exist. Folks, when you're filling out forms to get loans. And basically what they're saying is they put these all down. The Trump organization put these down as assets when they were trying to borrow money or refinance. And those assets did not exist. And if that is all true, well, I will tell you, I have had people prosecuted because of that. What's the uh, lawyer's etiquette here? If you're filling out any forms about money, make sure you fill them out accurately. I'm Liz Clayman, and this is the Fox Business Report. The major indices all setting new lows for the year, with technology stocks dragging down markets. The tech-heavy Nasdaq giving up over 1%, slipping into correction territory. It's off 10% from its most recent record high. Taking a look at Wall Street by the numbers, the Dow down 344 points, the Nasdaq off 177, the S&P 500 fell 44. Overall, stocks have slid in January as investors gauge how rising inflation will impact businesses and consumers. Texas has bounced back after two years of pandemic-related unemployment spikes. It's currently outperforming its pre-COVID-19 levels of joblessness. Arizona, Utah, Idaho, the only other three states to regain all jobs due to the pandemic, that according to the Wall Street Journal. New York, on the other hand, is lagging far behind the Lone Star State. New York State Budget Director telling reporters that New York has recovered less than two-thirds of jobs lost due to the pandemic. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Tom Graham, invested in you. With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. These heroes who have risked their lives for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T. Org. Chances are your home financing questions won't end when this show does. So the next time you have a question about home loans, ask the lending experts at Citizens Bank. They can help you every step of the way during the home buying process, starting with getting a pre-approval before you start shopping for a new home. Call 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizen Bank N.A., NMLS number 433960, Equal Housing Lender. Oh 
York, we need you to raise your glass. Dry January, 20% of people are saying they're doing dry January. You know who's getting hurt on dry January? All the restaurants and all the bars. That One of them put up a sign and said, closed due to dry January. 20% of people answer, it's actually 19 and change, that they are doing dry January. Now, I do have a little, you know, and for those of you who don't know, that means you don't drink alcohol the month of January. I go with, my friend Dr. Michael Vitale told me, I go with damp. I go damp January. Um, You know, you just scale back a little bit. But now, that's typically the way it's done. But here's why it didn't need to be done this year. Because let's face it, here in New York City, where we're live and local at 6.48 p.m., most people got sick by like December 10th, 12th, 13th, Miss Christmas, Miss New Year's, or dialed it back, et cetera, et cetera. So no one was imbibing, no one was overeating, no one was, you know, putting down bottles of champagne on New Year's Eve. I was in bed by 1 a.m. New Year's Eve, which is not a typical idola situation. And the, the bars and the restaurants are really hurting. So it's restaurant week. Go out to a restaurant, have a glass of red wine. It doesn't make you a drunk. It may add 100 calories to your Weight Watchers points or whatever it is. But, you know, Pink's Raise Your Glass, by the way, is one of my favorite party tunes. Um, it's it a went, staple at all weddings. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, when Marion and I got married, um, we had a little after party. And that was the song I told the DJ, make sure when Marion and I walk in, that's what's playing. It's great. I think Pink is fantastic. Um, so all kidding aside, it's, uh, you're, you're already past the halfway mark of the month. I've been pretty good. I think I've done like maybe four glasses of wine in 18 days. That's not bad. I haven't done any HL, otherwise known as hard liquor. Um, But the bars and the restaurants need us here in the city. So, you know what? Go for it. Um, A big thumbs up and pat on the back and really accolades to Cardi B. I don't know if Cardi B walked in here and smacked me in the face. I don't know who she is. I mean, I know who she is, but I don't know of her. Uh, my friend Jeff Kern is the lawyer representing her in a little matter she has in Queens. He says she's a very nice, intelligent young woman. Um, she's paying for the funerals of the Bronx apartment victims. Uh, her quote is, you know, I can't begin to imagine the pain they're all in. And she laid out the money to to help uh, with the the burying the funeral and, and the burial costs of all those people. Good for her. Um, that's, that's a very nice thing to, to read and hear about New York. She's a, she's a very big New Yorker. Matt, where is she from? You said Queens or I believe Bronx? she's from Queens, but, uh, uh I believe, me. I believe she's from the Bronx. Uh, All right, so, okay. either way, very Joni big says Bronx. Yeah, this guy, you know, obviously you see we're big Cardi B people here. <laughs> um, you know, ask him where Sinatra's from and you'll know in a second. Also, um... Keanu Reeves. How does that say his name? Keanu Reeves? Ke- Keanu. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. So he's made a lot of money. Like they're saying 300 plus million dollars. Um, and he's also suffered some some real rough times in his life, losing people, uh, you know, them dying around him. And he's really been on a mission to give a lot of money away. A lot of money to charity, a lot of money to cancer research. And, you know, that's that's a wonderful thing to hear. Um, a lot of people like hoard their money. Uh, I was talking to some people today about doing some fundraising and we were talking about going to a person who's a billionaire with a B and asking for a a small amount of money, relatively small for a billionaire, maybe $50,000, $100,000. Of course, that's an enormous amount of money, but not if you have like $8 billion. It's like me asking you for a dime. 
Um, and it's going to a 501c3, which is a, a tax-deductible corporation, to go to charitable uh, causes. And Oh, no, no, he'll never give you that. Hold on. I, why not? Oh, I just, he just doesn't. He doesn't give away his money. Mr. Reeves is giving away his money. Cardi B is giving away her money. Good for her. Good for him. We need more people, more Americans like that, and especially more New Yorkers like that. The oldest person in the Guinness Book of World Records... 112 years old, 341 days, just shy of his 113th birthday in Spain, has now passed away. He's gone on to bigger and better things. God bless him. I'm not even going to try the name. Should I? Sartornino de la Fuente Garcia. I think I did that right. Sartornino de la Fuente Garcia. Almost 113. What, when he was asked what's the secret to his longevity... I lived a kind and long life without hurting anyone. Well, isn't that a nice way to go? I lived a kind and long life without hurting anyone. So that is a lesson to longevity. I mean, going back to the dry January, um, probably a little red wine, some olive oil, broccoli rob. What else do you think, Matt? Fish. We gotta do the seven fishes. Well, okay, we're not gonna do that every night. But you know, it is it, all kidding aside. It is a lesson uh, how to how to live life. Um, I need to um, thank my nine seventy family for providing me nourishment. When I got here, there was a big box of chocolate. Uh, you, what do you go with? The dark chocolate, the light, the milk chocolate. Uh, I'm a milk chocolate, chocolate guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I prefer the dark. Thank you. Thank you. And it's healthier for you. So anyone who's out there who would like to buy me some chocolate, because I am, uh, that is one of my weaknesses. Go with the dark. It's also good for your health. A little chocolate picks you up. Um, I'm still in moderation, back. of course. Uh, in moderation, of course. Uh, you know, I went to a diner today, a Greek diner in Manhattan. I'm not going to embarrass them, but I asked for a nice plate of sardines. Now, that is a staple, in my opinion, of a traditional Greek diner, and they had no sardines. So I had to settle for what we call in, in Israel, alici, which is anchovies. You an anchovy guy? No, I'm not any seafood guy. But maybe it was a supply chain issue, though. They didn't have any sardines. No, no, it wasn't on the menu. And then she goes, let me go in the back and I'll check. Well, if it's not on the menu and it's in the back, that means those sardines must have been there forever. So I eschewed the sardines. I went with the anchovies on a little Greek salad. And then I get here and there's this huge box of lint chocolate back there. And I hit that pretty hard. What did happen to me today is um, I got into the office, and thanks to the last 10 days, and a lot of people have heard the show a lot. I mean, our our website, my Dollar Bertuna and Cameron's website is going through the roof. The power of radio, folks, the power of radio. Uh, my Twitter feed is blowing up, et cetera, et cetera. Being tweeted by Megyn Kelly didn't exactly hurt. Um, this is this big box. And I open up the box this morning, and, and oh, the office was very busy. And there's people in and out, and I'm talking to them uh, while I'm opening this box. And it's a it's a neon light that says um, on air. So it's like one of these lights. It's like see the light right here in the studio that says on air. It's but it's beautiful. That's cool. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And there's this little card, and on the card it says, "quote It's not true that I had nothing on. I had the radio on." And then now, does anyone know? I, you don't squeal Joe that is a quote from Marilyn Monroe Marilyn Monroe was making a film and when she was being interviewed for a gossip column uh, it came up and the interviewer asked is it true that when you posed for that famous calendar photograph Miss Monroe you had nothing on 
And her answer was, it's not true that I had nothing on. I had the radio on. And then on the little note, it says Marilyn Monroe from CT. So I immediately think of my closest friend from college, Chuck Thies. And my crew, who's in the office there with me, they're like, no, it's some woman from Connecticut, Marilyn Monroe from CT. I'm like, wow. I go, this is crazy. Now, I only know one of my supervisors, um, Terry Fabi, lives in, in Connecticut. And she has been, I think she's listened to every episode of the show and has been very sweet with her remarks and her critis- constructive criticism and her praise. So I had uh, someone call her, her sister call her. I was like, see if it's from her. And she's like, uh, no, no, it's not from Terry. So I went through the whole day. And just before I walked into the studio, I said, you know what? Let me give Chuck Thies a call and just throw it out there. You know, I don't want to embarrass the guy. Like, hey, did you send me a present? Um, and sure enough, I read it to him and he goes, yep, it's from me. So this is a guy who I met when I was 19 years old. No, I just turned 20. Uh, my junior year at SUNY Purchase. And we've been lifelong friends. And he said, I'm so proud of you. I listened, I've listened to your show every episode. He goes, I didn't listen to Megan last night, but I'll get to it today. He's like, you're doing so well. The people who put you there are obviously very intelligent. He said, keep up talking about the law stuff. I think that's very interesting. Keep talking about New York and keeping it local because, you know, right now, if you go down the dial, there's no one else keeping it local like we are, keeping it live like we are. You can hear a lot of national stories. I'm sure you're going to hear all about President Biden, who spoke for a long time today. It seemed to be over an hour. Um, So thank you, Mr. Chuck Thies. Um, Lifelong friends are, to me, are, are what make me rich. Uh, the people that I have around me, the people that have supported this show, the texts that I get out here when I'm on the show. I want to thank another friend of mine. When I got home, there was a big poster of Frank Sinatra and Gene Kelly in some um, uh, some movie that I forget the name of. It's not the one of those popular movies, but it's this beautiful poster. No idea where it's from. Nothing in there. And it's from this guy. I don't know if you ever heard of him. His name is Frank Morano. Here at AM 970, the answer, we call him the late Frank Morano because he used to be here and he's not here anymore. And thanks to this radio station, he's become one of my dear friends. So it was a Christmas present with no name on it. So thanks, Chuck, for my on-air sign. Thanks, Frank Morano, for my Frank Sinatra poster. I hope the hour went by as fast for you guys as it did for me. We'll be back tomorrow, live and local, AM 970, The Answer. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.